0: Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. On (laughs) my god, what (laughs) we're on. Hey everyone, I'm Liam, the daughter. I'm Lori, I'm the mom. What are you fucking giggling about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, after last week, geez, I got a giggle. We got a giggle, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're let's be honest, we're gonna be honest with you. I'm fucking tankered. Yeah. Um, we're all full transparency. (laughs) We're all really still sad over here. Yeah. We're a little bit in the process of grieving. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tonight we had to get a little welcome to the next drunk. Episode of Uncle Bob's <laughs> Right
1: Cabinet. Well, you know, after listening to last week's episode, it was kind of like you sounded like a frog and I was like <laughs> I was like Miss Virgo on crack. Yeah, your so, Virgo was showing well, real. I was bad. like,
0: Let's teach. Whenever Lore isn't like even a little bit tipsy, she uh-huh. gets real like, I'm teacher Lore. And yeah. she's like, Here are the facts and don't interrupt me or I'll bite your head off. Yeah.
1: And I yeah. was totally like serious. You know, I I was just drinking orange juice last week, so I was like, "Let's teach." You <laughs> Here know are the details. Right. Yeah, <laughs> don't
0: interrupt me. And I was yeah. sick and sad, so yeah. I wasn't. You, you know, it was still a, a great froggy. episode. It was good. I liked it. Uh, have good things. Yeah, but this week's going to be a little different because we are totally drunk and we're just going to be honest and about it. And we're making up for last week, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no Virgo can be seen here today. <laughs> My Aries is coming out. Your Aries, come on <laughs> out, baby. So I have a story. Do you? With that in mind. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. okay, so we got this game as a gift. It's like the Rolling Stones music trivia game, All okay. right, Because we've established that I love a good music trivia you game. You love a good music trivia, So yeah. over the holiday, we played it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it had different cards you could pick, and there were different prompts for each, right? Is the story about me? It is about you. And you didn't even share it with me? I need you to just sit back and listen. Okay. So one of the uh, games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in in this was uh, you would pick a artist card. Right. And you had one, you could give one word to describe that artist. Okay. I know where you're going. And, okay. the, and your playmate mm-hmm. had to guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for example, if I, if me and you were on a team and I picked up the prince card, mm-hmm. I could say purple. I could say doves. I could say rain. I would know it was Prince. You would know it was Prince. Like that. One word. Mm-hmm. Okay, one. Did I give not one word? No. Okay, here I go. <laughs> so, Laura, keep in mind we've already like played a few rounds. Okay. So, she should know. Did I? Yeah. Okay. She should know what the gist of this game mm-hmm. was. She picks up the card Arctic Monkeys. And mm-hmm. she's describing, she's supposed to describe Arctic Monkeys in one word to one me. One word. And she's like, "Oh my god!" She's she's sitting there. She's like, "Oh my god!" I don't know. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, "Just you know, just one word. Just think think about it." And she goes, "Diane Fossey lives on the snow caps." And I was like, "What? <laughs> That's not one word. That's not one word. First of all, and second of all, what the fuck are you talking about? You she she disqualified." She goes, Diane Fossey lives on the snow caps I was like peeing my pants <laughs> laughing because I'm like first of all girl you're not following the rules second Same of well, all I get it <laughs> I get it. And it's arctic, it's monkey. arctic monkeys. And I to- I guessed it. I guessed it correctly because right? we're on the same wavelength. If you don't understand, Diane Fossey studied gorillas, so there's your monkeys mm-hmm. and snow said Jane Goodall. You should have, yeah. It was a little off base, but we accept it. Still two words. Still two words. Yeah, still you're still not getting the one word. that's fine and again snow caps arctic so (laughs) i think you nailed it even though you didn't nail it i use more than one word so i said that Diane Fossey Lives on the snowcaps should definitely be a new band name. Oh, yeah. Trademark. TM. <laughs> TM. Should we put it on a t-shirt? O-M-G. What? I would wear that. I would wear it, too. Like, just a sweatshirt, like a hoodie that's simply in, like, the plainest, simplest font ever. Diane Fossey Lives on the snowcaps. Oh, my God. I'd wear that. It's a conversation stimulator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it is uh so yeah that's us playing a music <laughs> trivia game that's our holiday festivities <laughs> that's Our holiday festivities i've been laugh. i laugh about it every day we're living on the edge here peeps i have laughed about it every day since it happened <laughs> it's fucking hilarious i love it so much oh that is good oh my god so what else did we do over the holiday uh break um we redid our recording studio we did
1: And it looks freaking awesome. It
0: does. So we redecorated a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, made it a little more inspiring for when we come in to record. A little Um, more us. A little more us. uh, Yeah. I don't know. You know, we got a new intro done by Don Aquarius, the artist, and we kind of yeah. wanted our studio vibe to fit that a little bit.
1: Flow with that 70s, uh, you know, vibe. Yeah.
0: A little more color, a little yeah. more
1: pizzazz. Got some stuff in there that we've talked about in some episodes, and it's like
0: totally cool. It's fun. I kind of like, I want to be in here now. Not that I, I didn't before, but right. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm excited. It completely flows. I complete. I love that. Right? <laughs> I love drunk lore. She's the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's my Aries coming out. (laughs) She's so cute. There you go. Okay, so do you know what I'm talking about today? I don't.
1: What are you talking about?
0: All right, you're going to need to buckle up because it's a good one.
1: All right. Good thing I'm drunk. Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, yes. Oh, and wonderful. good thing I'm drunk. <laughs> okay. So uh, this was highly requested. Okay. So if you don't know, if you follow us on social media, occasionally I will put out a little blurb that says, like, what do you guys want us to talk about? What topics do you want us to touch on? Mm-hmm. Um, and Teen Witch kept coming up. Teen Witch. Teen Witch. Okay. And I had never seen it. Never seen it. I thought it was a television show. Never heard of it. It's a movie. Really? It is. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. It was a 1989 family slash comedy film.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I've never heard of this.
0: I had never seen it either. Um, but I have some ideas (laughs) as to why. All right. (laughs) Good. All right. So it was directed by Dorian Walker. Okay. Written by Robin Mencken and Vernon Zimmerman. So, uh, already uh, have never heard of any of those no, people. No, Okay. Uh, cast is Robin Lively as Louise Miller. And did you know that Robin Lively, you could, you, she was in Twin Peaks, uh, okay. but she's Blake Lively's sister. Did not, did not know that. So that's an interesting little, okay. you know, Fun fact. fact. Fun fact. Okay. Um, Joshua John Miller as Richie, her little brother. Uh, Dan Gauthier as Brad Powell. Mm-hmm. And he, you would know him from Son in Law. He was the asshole boyfriend in oh. Son in Law. Okay. okay. Yes. Uh, every, every time he popped up on screen, I'm like, you were such a dick in Son in Law. What I'm an asshole. I can't take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zelda Rubenstein as Madame Serena. Okay. And you would know her from 16 Candles.
1: Ooh, yes. Okay. 16 Candles. Yes. She had the booze in her purse. Yes, clinked when she walked.
0: Yes, as we can relate to today. (laughs) (laughs) We're there with you, Madam Serena. We got the booze strapped. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's the description of the film. And I think you're really going to like this. Am I? A class frump uses her newfound magical powers to cast a spell over her entire school in this bewitching teen comedy.
1: Oh my God, I wish you could see my face right now. Did you just say
0: frump? A class Frump. 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 F-R-U-M-P, Frump. That's so (laughs) offensive. I saw that and I was like, what in the hell am I about to watch? Because, again, I had never seen it. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, are you ready for the rundown? No, give it to me, girl. All right, so me and Jake watched this together. Okay. Um, Because he had also never seen it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I had a little... I was feeling all right. You had a little libation. I was like peeing my pants laughing throughout (laughs) this entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Um, My first thought and the first note that I have written down is, is this a musical? Because it opens... (laughs) with an 80s tune um like uh, you know a montage of a shirtless man and a caped woman with neon lights everywhere and sweet sweet saxophone sweet sweet saxophone and that is common throughout the entire movie Really, and i'm like is this a musical and it is is it really it's a musical oh my god so was it not tim capella playing the sax it was not tim Capello of (laughs) lost boys fame playing the saxophone i don't know what it was it wasn't great (laughs) amateur (laughs) they they were trying to be sexy it wasn't working out but maybe in 19 what did i say 1989 it was working i don't know okay the theme song Mm. is never going to be the same again by laurie russo do you know this song I've never heard of it. Okay, so the song started playing, and I told Jake, I was like, you need to Shazam this. Mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I thought that it was, um, what's her name? The girl that I like. I thought it was Taylor Dane. <laughs> oh my God, Taylor Dane. <laughs> Taylor Dane, you know, oh. tell, it my, tell it to my heart. Yeah. Um, it sounds pretty much exactly does like that. Does it really? Yes, it does.
1: I think most of those, you know, gal 80s girls sounded like Taylor (laughs) Dane. All sounded like Taylor Dane.
0: Right. Or Debbie Gibson. I don't know. One of the two. It was one of the two. (laughs) Taylor Dane was a little more risque. (laughs) Debbie Gibson was a little more girl next door. Yeah, right. Okay, there's your 80s. (laughs) Rundown. (laughs) There's your 80s rundown. Okay, so it turns out that this montage that's going on at the very beginning of the movie is a dream sequence. A very, very long one. Oh, no. To the point where I was like, what did I just turn on? Okay, so uh, Louise is the main character. She wakes up from this dream. Um, Her little brother, Richie, is eating cake under her bed. And I'm not making that up. He's literally eating like a chocolate cake under her bed as she wakes up from this dream. I have no idea why. They never explain For what purpose? I don't know. Throughout the entire film, Richie is seen eating. It's like his character trait that he likes to eat. In hidden places? No, he just likes to eat. And I guess he just wanted to eat under her bed. I don't know. Okay. Mom. All right. All right. I, I didn't look too much into it, okay? I'm not going to go too deep. All um, right. He mentions that all Louise thinks about is Brad. 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 Um, and he knows this because he's been reading her diary. Ooh. So I, I never know- had one of those. A diary? Yeah. I never wrote in a diary I never either. had a fucking diary. I don't want nobody to read my shit. Want anybody reading my shit either. Like, yeah. I wasn't gonna write my secret thoughts down that's in a, a book damn, that someone could find. That's a damn paper chair, girl. I, I kept that all up here in, in this, the noggin. In the, in right the no- right in here in the noggin. In the noggin. Steel trap. <laughs> right. You can't get in there. Yeah, right. Um, side note the brother who finds the diary is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Like okay. he's the comedic relief in all this right. film. All right. Even though there are many. Even funny, though it's comedic. <laughs> They weren't trying to be comedic throughout the rest of the thing, but they were. Mm. Um, Louise sees Brad, her crush, picking up his popular girlfriend across the street. Of course. Of course. Um, We get the feeling that Louise is not popular and Brad is. Well, she's the frump, right? That's why I said, (laughs) duh. She's described as the class fucking frump. (laughs) Equals not popular. Frump. Not popular. So I would not have been popular. (laughs) my God. Me either. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's shed a little tear and let's move
1: on. Let's have another drink. Are we Louise?
0: Yeah, let me take Uh, a sip. Yeah,
1: totally Louise.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, so cut to school. A group of very white men Mm -hmm. are rapping. (gasps) I I just want you to drink this in, Okay. okay? Are rapping about the high school blues. (laughs)
1: <laughs> rapping I'm the blinking meme right now exactly okay. okay white men
0: rapping about blues yes okay so take that and wanna, we'll get back to that I take that in <laughs> okay um, here's where I say it is a musical okay in English class uh, Louise's diary page somehow gets mixed up with her homework in her diary page that is all about her wanting to kiss Brad is read aloud Oh, by the teacher. And Brad is in the class. Oh. So she's mortified. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, cut to a scene in the locker room after gym class. Um, and there is a song performed called I Like Boys. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> by all of the popular girls. Oh, Lord. Uh, there's a dance party. I, I wrote what the fuck is happening. Because I'm literally. Equals. I'm, Hang me now. I'm like, it's like, I like boys. And I'm like, what is going on? And when I say it comes out of nowhere, I mean it comes out of nowhere. (laughs) You're not expecting a musical number.
1: No wonder I've never heard of this. Exactly.
0: Okay, so Louise is staring at the girls performing this musical number, like, what the fuck are you doing as were me and Jake. We're like literally what is going on, but okay. Um, afterwards, there is a sexy montage of Brad mm. throwing like a football, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Ooh, Brad, you know, when they like zoom <laughs> zoom up <laughs> slow, mo, and he's like, Oh, <laughs> he's throwing the football. It's like, Oh, couple yeah. sweat beads coming <laughs> off the brow. He's like wiping his sweat with a rag. <laughs> we throw this football. It's fucking weird okay (laughs) um and louise is like watching this slow montage Mm. and he catches her staring and he's like creeper Uh, hello (laughs) hello creeper (laughs) um okay so you're a frump (laughs) (laughs) i'm popular you're frump. back up back the fuck up (laughs) get out of my space (laughs) oh my god so in theater class uh what do you know? Louise and Brad uh, are picked to perform the roles of the lead characters in the play on Dean. Ooh, Ondine, Ooh, yes. Okay, there's a little love scene where Louise's character Ondine removes Han's armor with her magical powers. Mm. Ooh, and we'll get back to this. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm
1: gonna keep my. I'm gonna keep my zip lip your lip zipped because zip. I, I want to say something. But go ahead.
0: No, zip no, it. Zip it. Save it for later. Mm-hmm. Okay, as Louise is riding home on her bike because again she's a from. She rides a bike. She doesn't have mm-hmm. a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I need you to remember that. Um, Louise stumbles across a sign that reads, Madam Serena, in your hands, past, present, and future. Ooh. And she's like, I'm intrigued. And sounds she goes cool. in. All yeah, right. It I would too. cool. Yeah. Uh, Madam Serena knows all, sees all, and tells all is what she is told when mm-hmm. she walks into the house. Um, and the house is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's like a cool palmistry sign. Mm. Um I don't know. It's very mystical. All right. Love it. Okay. Um Serena is styling. She's wearing this hat that is uh, you know, at the center is this massive shell. Like a seashell.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. Nice, okay. We get
0: the feeling that Serena is like a witch. Okay. Okay, like I'd a psychic it. maybe. Right. Can't you tell by the shell? By the big old shell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh L- L- Louise. Louise puts an offering of $6 on the offering plate and covers it with a cloth, as Madame Serena instructs her to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madame Serena begins reading her palm, says she will marry her sweetheart and have two children. Uh, when Louise asks who it is, Serena gets kind of weird, and she okay. won't tell her. She says that Louise is one of us. She says, you are one of us, and asks when her 16th birthday is, but already knows the answer, and right. it is next week. Of course. Uh, of course. Madam Serena says she will receive her powers on her 16th birthday. And Louise is like, yeah, okay, bitch, mm-hmm. and storms out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> whatever. Out. Um, then we flash a week later to her 16th birthday. Um, as she's talking to her theater teacher, they stumble upon a weird old necklace in like the prop department mm-hmm. that no one has ever seen before. Of course. Okay. Louise puts it on and notices that she instantly feels different, connected, different, ooh. connected, weird. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um. Then there is a harvest dance. Okay. It, this movie is very choppy. Okay. And it's not just my notes that are cho- – the movie is choppy. So we throw a harvest dance into Dean. She's put – no, no. They were performing on Dean. She puts on the necklace. Now they're at a harvest dance. Okay. Separate things. All right.
1: Chip, chop, chip, chop.
0: I need you to keep up. All right. <laughs> okay. Get with it. Um, At the harvest dance, I have an important note. Brad is wearing a bolo tie. Oh, no. (laughs) I really wanted to. And he's the cool guy? He's the cool guy. Oh, shit. (laughs) I really wanted to bring it up. Because he walked in and he was wearing the bolo tie. And I was like. He's like, and I'm the cool dude. (laughs) Fucking check my bolo tie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I really thought that I needed to point that out. Right, right, right. Louise changes out of her frump clothes into a stylish 80s dress with teased hair. And, of course, wearing. she crimp? She crimps her hair. Oh, okay. 100%. Of course. Um, And of course, she's wearing the mysterious necklace that she stumbled oh. upon in the prop department. Equals sex appeal. Hello, I'm sexy. Equals, <laughs> I am no longer a frump. It's 1989. I fucking crimped my hair. Brad's got a fucking bolo tie on. Let's fucking get it on. <laughs> frump gone. Frump no more. TM. <laughs> A Faith No More cover band.
1: (laughs) Frump No More. (laughs) Dude, you're killing it with those lately. That was good. Frump No More.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine the songs? Okay. (laughs) Love it. Uh, That was good. That was fantastic. He like pulls them out of his ass. Don't Uh, test me with the mashups. Fact check Jake just cannot lose. Anyway, in my notes, I have Taylor Dane called. She wants her look back. (laughs) Um, As Louise is watching Brad dance with his popular girlfriend, she says to her friend, I wish he would just look at me. And then all of a sudden he looks at her. Oh, (laughs) of course. I didn't see that coming. You didn't? No. (laughs) She's got her magical necklace on. Okay. Then she says, I wish he would just come over here.
1: Oh, Lord. And guess
0: what? He does. <laughs> he comes oh, over here.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay. It says, "Remember that time
0: in Ondine when we <laughs> had a love scene? Do you see my bolo tie? <laughs> I wore it just for you." Oh my gosh! Um, Brad says to her that he needs to talk to her, and they go outside, and he asks her to help him with his English paper because Brad's a little dumb. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh lord! Okay. Okay. Um, later on, Louise's dance date. Okay, because she was set up with like this quote unquote nerdy kid. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's being a perv and he's being a little aggressive and he's low key like trying to sexually assault her. But of course, Mm. it's an 80s movie and it's totally glossed over. Shocking, I know. Right, She says, uh, I wish you would just leave me alone. And he quite literally disappears into thin air. Nice. Okay, so obviously something is going on with Louise. She's making things happen. She's not catched on yet, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) She's not caught on. (laughs) Catched on. (laughs) She's not
0: catched on yet. She's not caught on. (laughs) Where is my English? (laughs) Drunk lore is literally my favorite. Okay, so she's back at home Mm -hmm. from the dance, Mm -hmm. from the Harvest Festival. I'm sorry. From the Harvest Festival. (laughs) Okay, um her brother keeps calling her a dog. Okay. I it, literally, I, I, I have no explanation for this. He's calling her a dog. He's like, you're ugly. You're a dog. You're <laughs> In, a frump. you your frump until he finally turns into a dog. He literally turns into a small little pup. Okay. Um, she picks him up, and she's like, what the hell? And she throws the dog into a bath that was just miraculously run. Like, there was a full bath already run in the, in the bathroom. Oh. Um, and she throws the dog in, and it turns back into her brother. This movie sounds like a nightmare. It's bad. Mom, okay, okay. All right. uh, all right. just let me get through it. Okay, all <laughs> okay. Right. okay. so she rushes back to Madame Serena. And she's like, what the hell? I made my date disappear. Brad's wearing a bolo tie. My brother is a dog. My brother was a dog and now he's not. What is going on? And she tells Louise that beginner's spells are very weak. That's why her brother turned back into himself after she threw him in the water. Okay? Just just act like you know what's going on. (laughs) Okay? I'm going to pretend. Okay, thank you. Um, Madam Serena is like, girl, you're a witch. If you didn't already figure that out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she shows her a book that is called Magic Majorum New Faces of 1652 and shows her a picture of herself from long ago in a past life wearing the same magical necklace that she is currently wearing.
1: I see. I see, where, see where this is, what, is going. You, okay. All right. You I'm you following what's now. happening? I'm like, up until this point, I was like, what the fuck is
0: happening? As were okay. me and Jake. We were like, right. what the fuck is going on? Um, she gives Louise a book to brush up on the basics of witchcraft, and she shows her how to turn coal into money.
1: Hey, where's that spell?
0: I, I, I said the same thing, like, where's hello? Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Bring Why hasn't anyone taught me that? Right. Madam Serena, where are you at, girl? In the beginner's book, uh, Louise reads that magic exists by stimulating the harmonies that already exist in nature. Um, all things natural are under your sway. Oh my you, God. Did you hear that? Oh my God.
1: There's <laughs> there's another um, person here with us today. There's, there's a little like rumble there. there. Slans, gurgle.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my oh, my golem. God. oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, the power is in the word. Be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. So she basically tells her, like, it's all about how, intention, how you say something, Mm -hmm. what you say. Mm -hmm. So be careful uh, because your words have power. Okay. Okay. So she starts doing some spells from the book. She's feeling herself. Um, Interestingly, the first spells that Louise starts to do um, are to call the elements. Ooh, which we've talked that. about many times yes. throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, first she calls the wind, then she calls the rain, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, so they did a little bit, I'll give them that. Fire, earth, air, water. gotcha. <laughs> they did a little bit of research there. Mm-hmm. Um, Louise decides to put a truth spell on Brad's popular girlfriend, um, after she realizes she's got some juice. Of course. That's exactly what I would use my newfound magic after for. After I fucking called the wind and called the rain, you know what I would be like? Hey. Let me fucking do some stupid truth spell mm-hmm. on this girl that means absolutely nothing. What? Amateur. Amateur. Amateur move. Bush. This is Bush League. Bush League. <laughs> <laughs> um. The truth spell works. Of course, all of the popular girls start, like, revealing that they don't actually like each other and blah, blah, blah. And Mm. they end up fighting. And Louise is like, gotcha, bitches. Total 80s. Total (laughs) 80s. Totally 80s, yes. Yes. Um, Then, after she realizes that that works, she fucks with her douchebag English teacher who has, like, picked on her throughout the entire year. He's the one that exposed her love letter to Brad at the beginning. Okay. So she's like, I'm going to get you back. Um, And she gives her best friend uh, the confidence to go after a guy. So she gets back at her English teacher. She gives her best friend the confidence to go after a guy. And she also gives her theater teacher the winning lottery ticket number. Okay. So she's like doing certain things. Okay. And I do have to make a side note. When I say that she gives her best friend the confidence to go after a guy, it's via a rap song. Oh, shit. (laughs) Really? Called Top That. Oh, no. If you have time, I urge you to go to YouTube and Google Teen Witch Top That, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm scared. It's bad. It's the whitest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Wow. Anywho, um, now it's time for Louise to focus on her. All right? She's helped her friends. Mm -hmm. She's gotten back to popular kids. Now it's time for her. And she wants Brad, damn it. Okay, she Even after the bolo tie? Even after the bolo tie. The bolo tie sealed the deal. (laughs) She was like, you know what? Fuck. Yeah, like that bolo tie. (laughs) You look good. You look good. Look good in that fucking bolo tie. It's time. I want you. I want you. She wants to be the most popular girl in school, and she wants Brad and his bolo tie. Okay. So Serena gives her a potion and tells her to spin around 13 times. After saying the spell that Serena gives her, she'll be the most popular girl around, and she'll be able to get Brad. No
1: longer a frump.
0: No longer a frump. From frump to... (laughs) From dumpy frumpy... (laughs) to (laughs) To head witch in charge. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, Of course it works. She becomes a cheerleader. She's hanging out with all the cool kids. I say that all the white dudes are after her because again, this is the whitest movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, But one guy, only one white dude matters and that's Brad. It's all about Brad and his bolo tie. It's all about Brad and the bolo tie. New band name called it, Brad and the bolo tie. (laughs) That's a good one. Brad and the bolos. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Um, So she meets up with Brad Mm -hmm. in a hardcore makeout session ensues. Ew. Ooh la la. That's what it's all about, really. That's what it's all about. (laughs) She's like, you better wear the bolo tie or no makeout session. (laughs) Under the bleachers, of course, I'm sure, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I actually, I think it occurred in an abandoned house, which was a weird twist that I appreciated. But all right. Um, of course, she starts feeling bad, right? Because is Brad actually in love with her or is mm-hmm. he under a love spell? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. which if you want to know about love spells, we talked about that in our Patreon. Yes. Uh, exclusive episodes where we talked about why you shouldn't do love spells. Right. And this is, again, another example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to the prom, okay? The theme is moonlight and magic. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, Louise decides to take her magical necklace off. She's taking it off Because she wants to know if Brad really loves her If Mm -hmm. it's just because of the spell Bitch, he don't love you Well, in this one, he still loves her Really? After the necklace is off, he grooves on over to her And I I literally mean he like Dances over to her With with the bolo (laughs) tie? I believe he is still wearing a bolo tie Which, bold move, bold move Mm. And he's like, yeah Even the necklace is off. Yeah, girl. I still like you. (laughs) I still like you, girl. Even though you're a fucking frump. (laughs) But you crimped your hair and girl, let's go. Crimp, (laughs) Bolo, looking good. All right. Uh, He still loves her. Okay. Another hardcore makeout session ensues. And that is the end (laughs) of Teen Witch. Thank God. Are you, how do you feel about that? Because me and Jake were like peeing our pants laughing throughout the entire movie. It was bad. Not because it was hilarious, <laughs> but because it was so well, bad. It was like 80s bad, right? Like, was the cheese off? The cheese was high. Wow. The
1: cheese was high, as you can probably tell. I'm, from your description, I'm having to say that I'm probably glad I haven't seen it and glad I've never heard of it. Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I do think that Crimp and Bolo should be a Casey and JoJo cover <laughs> band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I like it. You're killing me. <laughs> You are killing crimping. Jo- what did you say? <laughs> crimping and crimp and Bolo. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's fantastic. I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head every time I hear Casey and Jojo. Crimping bo- crimp Bolo. Uh, all right. So here's my lesson. And w- were you able to find one in this? Were you? Seriously? Okay. I'm so, asking. We had a long conversation, right? Uh-huh. Because Jake is our producer and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to pick uh, a magical topping in pop culture and there has to be some kind of lesson, right? Like there has mm-hmm. to be a teaching moment. Yeah. And this was really testing me. Was bitch. it? I, I, was I like, can imagine. There, I was like, what in the world am I supposed to give a history of bolo ties? Am I supposed to talk about cultural appropriation with the various rap songs? that they, Like what am I supposed to talk about here? But I somehow ended up on past lives. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I really stepped in it. Did you did, stepped, you did you fall down the rabbit hole? I fell down the rabbit hole. Okay, so I'm going to need you to follow me. I'm there. Okay. It's got to be better than this movie. It Well. <laughs> yeah? Okay. So in the movie, Madame Serena shows Louise a past version of herself from 1652, like okay. I talked about in yeah. that book. The necklace she was wearing... In that book, right Mm -hmm. in the photo, then tried to find the current version of Louise. Okay. Okay. And that's how she finds it in the movie. And uh, Madame Serena explains, like, the necklace was trying to find you. Mm -hmm. That's what magic is. Okay. So then it led me to, well, this was obviously a past life version Uh of Louise. Okay. Right. <laughs> see how I got I there. I see where you're going. Okay. That, it was a stretch for you. I'm sure. I was like, I was really digging. Yeah. I'm sure I you was are digging in there. Yeah. Um. So, what is a past life? Mm-hmm. Was kind of my question mm-hmm. here. Um. I know where you're going. Okay. It's deep, and I'm. I can't. You know, get into the whole shebang. Yeah. Because it's really in depth. Yeah. But here we go. Um, It is defined, so a past life is defined as a previously lived life in a different body and that is according to theories of reincarnation, Mm -hmm. which I'm not going to get into the whole thing of reincarnation because I don't want to do a disservice, it's very in-depth and I don't want to, you know. So here's what I'm going to start with. Okay. So that definition of a past life led me to this interview with a medium and Reiki teacher Uh, Her name is Caitlin Marino. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pull a direct quote because I can't, you know, it's just too good. So this is where it led me. She said, time and space cease to exist when you begin exploring psychic dimensions. Instead, we perceive multiple dimensions of reality where all versions of ourselves are happening simultaneously. From this perspective, our existence is not linear. We do not disperse our identity on a timeline that starts at birth and ends at death. Our souls have cyclical lives like an infinity sign that folds over itself. But there is a place in everybody's energy field called the Akashic Records holding their entire soul's history, past, present, future, parallel. And through these records, we are able to access any moment in a soul's journey. hmm Okay, so then I, f- I stumbled upon that quote when right. I was diving into past past lives. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, what's the Akashic Records? Right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So can you believe that I got from Teen Wish? Teen Wish. Teen Wish. Witch. <laughs> teen Wish. Teen Wish. I wish it had never happened. <laughs> oh, no. True statement. Uh, teen Witch. Teen Wish. To the Akashic Records. I'm and some-
1: am amazed, <laughs> actually. Amazed? Yeah.
0: I don't know how this happened. That was pure magic. <laughs> it was pure magic. Some people say Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. I I tried to like look up pronunciation because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know I'm bad at this. Right. And what I found is Akashic Records. Akashic. Okay, so they are defined as a record of each soul's journey, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. All memories, thoughts, events, etc., are recorded, okay, mm-hmm. on this, <laughs> yeah, record. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. This is like really in depth. I'm yeah. not trying to like take this lightly, but it's, it's it gets deep, very in depth. Yeah, right. Um, in occultism, these records or memories are said to be imprinted on akasha, which is a Sanskrit word meaning an astral light which exists beyond human senses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some think that anyone can learn how to access and read these records. Some say that only a select few truly can access these records. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who do Akashic record readings or Mm -hmm. past life readings. Mm -hmm. Um, They normally involve meditation and rituals, etc., uh, there are spells and whatnot about past life healing, which you can research if you're interested in, because, again, this is a very in-depth subject that right. I don't have time to completely go into. Um, also, past life regression therapy
1: is mm-hmm. a thing,
0: mm-hmm. um, and it involves hypnosis that helps you access these memories from mm-hmm. past lives. Mm-hmm. But this is wildly discredited from like uh people in the medical field. So okay. take take from okay. that what you will. You can do your own research there. Okay. Um so why would you want to look into any of this? Right? Like why would you yeah. want to look into a past life or why would you want to look into your own Akashic records? Okay. Um, The idea is that past life traumas can affect you in your current life. Correct. Okay, so the idea is that you have lived, your soul has probably lived many lives before this one Mm -hmm. in different bodies, uh, depending. Some people are new. Newbies. Newbies. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe you have lived multiple lives before this, and if you had a lesson to learn Mm -hmm. in one of those lives... Uh, and you didn't figure it out. You're gonna li- you're gonna relive it in the next life. It's gonna yeah. keep biting you in the ass, right. basically. And have you ever heard, had people
1: tell you you're an old soul? Right, which means, which you means- know, you've met you they've met you in many
0: lives. Yes, mm-hmm. I've been told like my whole life oh, that I'm too, an yeah. old soul. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I mm-hmm. have lived you know mm-hmm. many lives before this one. Um, if, like I said, if you didn't learn a lesson in one life, it will keep presenting itself and following you um, in your present. In your yeah. present until you learn the mm-hmm. lesson you're supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with those issues and learning from past lives can help you become more grounded in the here and now. Mm -hmm. So that is why some people dive into past lives and past life readings and regression Mm -hmm. therapy and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I never have. So I can't speak personally. Right. I know when we used to go to Lilydale all the time. John yeah. John White was an Akashic records. Right. Uh, there reader. are mm-hmm. like I when I was doing my research there are a bunch of people mm-hmm. here in Seattle that mm-hmm. do um Akashic record readings. I again, I have never done it personally so I can't right. I, I don't know what that experience is like, but mm-hmm. again if this sounds like something you're interested in it's I would recommend um yeah. Reading it's on my bucket list, yeah. A, a, I, you know, because we all, I always look when I'm doing a lesson from like a witchcraft perspective, just mm-hmm. because that's my interest. And I have found, um, that a lot of witches will do this to kind of find their witchcraft journey, like mm-hmm. where they're supposed to go moving forward in mm-hmm. their, mm-hmm. um, you know.
1: In their journey. In their journey yeah. Yeah. with
0: witchcraft and what they're supposed to learn moving forward and what maybe they need to get rid of. So I thought that that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a book that is called How to Read the Akashic Records, Accessing the Archive of the Soul and Its Journey by Linda Howe. Mm-hmm. If this sounds like something you are interested exactly. at all. Exactly, yeah, right. When I say that this is literally just like a footnote, the tip of, the the tip iceberg. of this topic, I mean... I if you're interested in this, I can maybe go into it in another episode because it would take a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, it got into like quantum physics, and I was like, "Bitch, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right, yeah." Like in I way can't, right, right. Like I don't. It's very in depth. Very in yes. depth. Um, mm-hmm. and so I don't want it to seem like I'm doing it a disservice. Um, you know I. I'm telling you that this is just the tip. Right. So just the tip. The tip. <laughs> of that old iceberg. Right. Um, yeah. So maybe we can go into it more later. Mm. Um, so that is my lesson. Well,
1: I think that you, uh, you know, <laughs> pulled pulled a rabbit out of the fucking hat there. I
0: sure fucking did. Yeah. Because so we were talking about it like some of the movies that are requested are some of the movies that are... Ingrained in like which, you know, which pop culture, Mm -hmm. there's not really much there, right? Like this movie was meant to be fun Mm -hmm. and silly Mm -hmm. and it wasn't meant to be like a practical magic or um, the craft where it's like an actual in-depth yeah. portrayal or it was like, like an 80s comedy and they tagged witches it like is they- literally if it was a john hughes film mm-hmm. with witchcraft i mm-hmm. mean that's what it was and that's fine like i thought it was funny um it, again i think it depends on what you're going into it with mm-hmm. i read a lot of articles about people that grew up in the 80s that watched this and they were like it was a good introduction into mm-hmm. the world of witchcraft um so i i don't think there's anything Right. bad there. Like yeah. I think it just was what it was. Mm-hmm. Um if you were expecting like an actual portrayal of, you know, mm-hmm. life as a witch.
1: Not not this movie, kids. It's not yeah, it. Right. Um
0: but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um I will say I had a little side note that this movie kind of again because it was highly requested, it kind of made me realize like the lack of not that i didn't already know i did but this really was like whew, um there is a lack of representation of witches of color mm-hmm. in like witchy pop culture movies yeah um and i feel like i'm moving forward and going to try to make more of a point to mm-hmm. try to find cuz there has to be some out there right um And I'm going to try to find them, because this movie really was like, oh my gosh, it's the same story Mm -hmm. told over again, and it's just like this yeah. white <laughs> yeah. i'm not trying to be mean but it's just this it's so white yeah it's so white um and so the very you know not diverse right there are not, not people of color represented other cultures other no. cultures at all so moving forward i'm really going to try to like keep that in mind um and sadly i think that that's there is a lack of representation in like oh, witchy pop course. culture absolutely um but I just wanted to make it known that, like, I, I am aware mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and we're gonna try to be a little more, you know, <laughs> <laughs> on top of it. On top yeah. of that. I mean, yeah. it's hard and that yeah. makes me sad, but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some side notes. Okay, great. Okay. Um, at the harvest dance, Louise and her friend are seated at table 13. Of course. Cute little, mm-hmm. cute little spooky nod. Spooky. Um, the play they are performing in the movie is on Dean, like I said, which is all about a water sprite who gives up her powers to be with a man, which, yeah, which the movie follows along that line, right? Mm -hmm. Like Louise gets all of these powers and then in order to Mm -hmm. be with Brad, she gives up her, yeah, her witchiness. Um, yeah. And girl, can I tell you that I am sick of that? Giving up the power for a man. Yeah. over that. If yeah. I see that in one more movie, I'm gonna flip my lid. hmm
1: But it makes me think of the movie Dean, which is about a Selkie. Yeah. We're gonna we're, have to do that. We're gonna, gonna some do that because yeah. it has come up a few yeah, times. Yeah, a few now. times.
0: Um <clears throat> as with most eighties movies, you know, the sexualization of women is at an all-time high. I don't, you know, mm. not happy about it, but sadly
1: Yeah. <laughs> in Hello, the older movies, 80s, right. Exactly.
0: Um there, like I said, there is this palmistry sign at Madame Serena's house that you love it? You I want I it? like need it for I the I have to have it I have to have it for my house. Mm-hmm. there another side note is so much saxophone in this movie, like more but yet
1: it's not Tim Capello.
0: it's not Tim Capello from so, The Lost Boys. It yeah. would have been a lot better if it was yeah. um it sounded like soft, I don't know like. They were trying to make elevator music. Yes. Like it was, (laughs) it wasn't good. That's not eighties. It's not. Um, Another side note, not only was the main, you know, heartthrob wearing a bolo tie, there were bolo ties throughout the entire movie. And I have just a question for you. In 1989, were bolo ties hot? Or like, what was what Not was where happening? I
1: lived. Where did this film take place? I was have it no in fucking a, clue. Was it in a place where bolo ties were the norm? Because... I don't think not, so. Not where I was from in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, did we see a lot of bolo ties. Which no. is kind
0: of shocking. But I mean, there were a <laughs> lot of bolo ties. <laughs> <laughs> like a heavy amount. They went wow. heavy on the bolo. I wonder where it was filmed. Where was it supposed to take place? I don't know. I want to say like Los Angeles or something, but mm. oh my you know, God. Well, they were ahead of their time. Um, in regards to the many really white rap numbers that were performed, Jake mm. said something that I had to write down. Um, and he said, gotta love a good penis rhyme. Yeah? Because there was a whole song about I like boys and penis. Really? <laughs> Wow. so he said gotta love a good penis rhyme great and I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard well awesome um, again in my last side note and I've said it uh, many times throughout this and I'll say it again it was the whitest movie I've ever seen and that's all I have to say about it wow. so great. Uh, if you're looking for a laugh
1: a waste of an hour and a half no <laughs> i
0: wouldn't say it was a waste it was you liked funny it, it was no, good i wouldn't All say right. i liked it either i was indifferent it was funny it was funny there were no like did i feel like i was like ooh me as a witch this really represented me mm-hmm. absolutely not right. but it was funny it had some
1: good 80s moments right. and however you find your way to witchcraft is is a good thing is a good so, thing, so.
0: So there's that. That, Mm -hmm. my friends, is Teen Witch. (laughs) Take from that what you will. Awesome. That's it. Woo! All right. Am I up? (laughs) You are up to bat. I am up. All right. Well,
1: you know what I'm doing today? I do. Gosh darn it. Mm -hmm. I am doing Alice in Wonderland. And you sound so happy about it. So no wonder I'm drunk for this episode. (laughs) Let me just say that. So I'm just going to start. I'm going right in.
0: Okay. Just dive in, girl. So I'm doing the Disney
1: 1951. 1951? 1951. 1951 movie Alice in Wonderland, not the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton. No, we're not going there today. We're going 1951 Disney based on the book The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Okay. Okay. I'm there. there we go. Upon its initial release, the film was a huge disappointment. Oh. Complete flop, actually, and leading Walt Disney to show it on television. It became the second episode of his new series called The Magical World of Disney in 1954. Okay. Which then proved to be a success, especially during the psychedelic era. Eventually, it was re released in theaters, which would prove to be a huge success. And the film became even more successful through merchandising and home release. Okay. Home video release. Interesting. So, while the film was initially shit on by critics, it is now regarded as one of Disney's greatest animated classics and notably on the biggest cult classic uh, films in the animation medium. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, I'm glad you do. <laughs> so,
1: all right. So again, the reason that I picked this is because it's it's been requested. It has been it has yes. been requested, and I have to say, quite honestly, I have only seen this movie once. Until I watched it yesterday. Well, you have not been shy about the fact that you do not like Disney. I do not like Disney, and I'm not a fan of this movie. I've (laughs) never, I never have been a fan of Alice in Wonderland. I like Alice in Wonderland. Okay. So, um, the cast. Okay. All right. Uh, There's really no notable (laughs) cast. (laughs) <laughs> um, except for Ed Wynn, who plays the Mad Hatter. Okay. And we actually talked about him a few episodes back. He played Uncle Albert and Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so Sterling Holloway plays the Cheshire Cat. Okay. And he would be best known as the voice of Winnie the
0: Pooh. Oh, cute. Oh,
1: cute. All right, so let's hop right into the... To the plot. (laughs) Okay. To the plot. All right. So Alice likes to daydream and finds the mundane learning and listening to literature boring. And she prefers to live inside her imagination. On one occasion, she spots a white rabbit dressed in a waistcoat and carrying a pocket watch, saying he is late for a very important date. And she follows him through the forest and spots him going down the rabbit hole. And upon investigation... Alice ends up falling down the rabbit hole. Okay? Okay. Uh, leading her to all manner of discoveries, characters, and adventures. And nothing as is as it appears to be. So I'm not going to go too deep into... Alice in Wonderland, because I feel like most people have had to have seen this.
0: I don't know. You just said you've only seen it once. Well, and once was all I need to see. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: So so either you've read the book or you've seen the movie. There's so many adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. But it starts out where she falls down the rabbit hole. She sees something that says, She wants to follow the white rabbit through the rabbit hole. Right. Okay, but she can't. She's too big to get through. So she sees a little vial on the table that says, drink me, which shrinks her. Right. But then she can't reach the key that's on the table to open the lock. She's too small. She's too small. So then she sees a cookie that says, eat me, (laughs) and then she gets too big, and she can't get through. And then she ends up crying and shrinking and floating through the hole and then she's off, she's in wonderland and off to fetch the white rabbit which throughout the movie she's continually continually continuing. continuing. Oh, that's, that's, a new, a, that's a new that's a new word Continuing, <laughs> uh she continuing to search for the white rabbit okay okay so she meets a ton of characters along the way and i'm just going to touch on the major um the major ones okay mm-hmm. so um First, she encounters Tweedledee and Tweedledum who tell her of a tale of the walrus and the carpenter. Moving on, because we'll talk about that later. She encounters the caterpillar who wants to know who she is, and she likely cannot answer as she is not feeling herself today. Okay. Okay. He instructs her that by eating one side of a mushroom, she will get larger, and by eating the other, she will get smaller. (laughs) Sounds like a fun time. And then he turns into a butterfly, and he flies away. Oh. Then, next, she meets the Cheshire Cat, who somewhat appears and then disappears and directs her to the Hatter's Tea Party. With the Hatter and the March Hare and the Dormouse, they celebrate their very merry unbirthday. And off she goes, continuing to chase the white rabbit. Okay. Okay. The Cheshire Cat, she gets lost, and so the Cheshire Cat then directs her to the Queen's garden where they are painting the roses red. Oh, no. She plays croquet with the Queen who says off with her head, And she wants to go home and is end up, she's chased by the queen who wants to lop off her head. And she sees herself through the door lock sleeping in a meadow. And she calls to herself to wake up. And we realize that Alice has been dreaming this whole time. Right. Okay. Okay. And so that's pretty much the gist of the movie. (laughs) You're
0: making me question the whole thing. And then
1: I have to say, what? The fuck. Right? (laughs) Okay? Because what the hell? Okay. Um, All right. So, guys, when I tapped into this movie, I'm thinking I'm going into this magical story. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was all about magic. (laughs) Debunk. (laughs) Debunk, kids. Debunked. This is not... What I found no. in my research. Oh, Absolutely no. not. No wonder I'm drinking heavily tonight. Oh, no! So I have to give a trigger warning Okay. because there are some deep fucking topics in this, uh, you know... Discussion. This discussion. Oh, no. So there are trigger warnings on sexualization of children. There are trigger warnings on mental illness. And there are trigger warnings on eating disorders. So Ooh. if any of these things bother you this is probably n- not a place where you're gonna hit the pause button we'll see you next week we'll see you next week all right so through the years the wild theories that successive generations have theorized on concerning the true meaning and understanding of Alice's adventures is to understand how changing social climates can radically alter text do you understand that yes okay So, it is a testament to the book, the timelessness, that each era has been able to read its own fads into trying to break down the story and what Mm. it's all about. What does it all mean? What does it all mean, Alice? What what does it all mean? (laughs) You know, so... So I'm going to talk about some of these theories. So every
0: generation has maybe come up with a new interpretation. There is so
1: much interpretation Mm. into these books that it's like mind boggling. I always thought
0: that someone just fucking took some acid and wrote a book.
1: Yeah, well, it. it that, I just thought it was one big trip, That's, right? You know. So we're going to get into that, but okay. there's so many theories to dive into that it's uh, just mind-boggling oh to say the least. All right, so I'm, I'm going to just talk about a couple of them. Okay. All right. So the first is lost childhood and innocence. Hmm. Okay. So we see that Alice is bored with the mundane studies, growing up, and wanting to continue to live in her imagination. Okay. So the white rabbit represents someone who is old, feeble, confused, and obsessed with time. You know, he's late for a very important date, although we never quite find out what the important date is. I always like the white rabbit. I know, he's cute. All right, so she represents youth, innocence, and vibrance. And as she's falling down the rabbit hole in the film, everything is wonky, and it's actually, you can see it's in the shape of an hourglass. Mm. So time, the sands of time are running through the glass, all right? I'm depressed, but okay. I know. (laughs) So the objects are upside down and not what they appear to be. All right, so the white rabbit also signifies a spark in Alice's curiosity. He activates her spiritual awakening Mm. and leads her down the rabbit hole, which is a symbol of her quest for knowledge. Mm. Okay? So Alice then becomes confused about her identity because everything that she's learned up to this point is not what it seems to be. Oh, boy. So her identity mirrors the confusion that one encounters as they cha- transition from childhood to adulthood. Well, and so it's kind of a little bit, you know, what the story coming-of-age tale. A coming-of-age tale, right. yes. Hmm. So Alice then represents the child's struggle to survive in a confusing adult world. Girl. Probably one where like a lot of of adults do not realize, yeah. you know, you know what a child has to grapple with. Right. Um when she has to overcome the open-mindedness that is characteristic of children. So we've talked about that in previous, you know, yes. um episodes where children are very open-minded and eager to take in things that maybe most people don't believe in. Right. So uh, children learn to follow – they have to learn to follow rules uh, that apparently adults need to live by. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that open-mindedness is squelched. It is an attempt to understand logic, rules, games that people play, authority – Time and death. I don't like any of what you just said. I know. <laughs> right? I don't like any of it. I mean, this is so deep that it's... I, I can't even It makes tell me you. sad. Right. Right. Uh, so, when she meets Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they tell her a tale of the curious oysters and how their curiosity leads to terrible consequences. Okay. Okay. So, the Tweedles represent how adults often control children through fear and destroy their sense of imagination and curiosity by telling them to quit asking questions and to grow up. Ouch, you struck a nerve. All right? <laughs> and the walrus and carpenter in the tale have actually been compared to religion. Okay. Whereas it's Eastern religion and Western religion. Mm. And also it uh, has been said to represent politicians. Mm. Okay. Okay.
0: I could see that. Yeah. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, mm-hmm. of
1: ships and shoes and sealing wax, of cabbages, cabbages and kings, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. You know where that came from? Harriet the Spy. I loved Harriet
0: the Spy. Right?
1: I know. We did love that movie. All right. So the next topic, of course, involves sex, because
0: Wattel is not- <laughs> Is Lord you know, Blushing? <laughs> and my chief, hey, you mentioned a carpenter or the roof thatchers in here. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, like, think that's no, the right Carp- I don't think that's
1: the right carpenter. <laughs> okay, so in so many scholars have spent much time, you know, delving into the sexual implications of Alice in Wonderland. How much time do you <laughs> how Apparently much free time do apparently you Apparently a lot. So, in my reading, they referred to it as a gynecological imagery. What? Just say it, it looks like a vagina. Scientifical. What the hell? <laughs> wow. All right. So starting with the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> okay. There are lots of locks and keyholes. <laughs> Ooh, Alice's extending neck as she grows is considered to exemplify an erection. Oh, come on. OK. And there's something about salt water lapping her chin and a masturbation. I. Uh, this is a kid's movie. Right. 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 <laughs> exactly. Fuck? OK. Oh, my God. And of course, the, calif- the caterpillar <laughs> can be nothing but a phallic symbol.
0: Right, I never looked at him and said, looks like a penis to me. (laughs) That's definitely a penis. No, I just thought he smoked a bunch of fucking opium and shit. Right. So it is a tale of lost innocence as
1: we see Alice's body grow and shrink disproportionately several times with no good reason, which is uh, signifying puberty. That's not right. I know. So let's not forget the mushrooms also look like phallic symbols
0: oh my god they can't help it that's just what they look like hey we have mushrooms in our new logo
1: (laughs) we have mushrooms everywhere that's just what they look like one of the things i read said that alice needed to oh no oh no master the mushroom (laughs) to gain control over her
0: fluctuating size okay hold on there's so much wrong with that and i'm upset but at the same time master the mushroom is a fantastic phrase master the mushroom new band name called it master the mushroom TM. tm
1: all right so the next topic of course after sex has to be what Drugs. Drugs. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Bing, bing. (laughs) Ten points for Leanne. Nailed it. All right. So in the 1960s, the Alice novels and their adaptations became associated with the counterculture movement and the drug culture. Mm -hmm. So we see the caterpillar smoking a hookah of opium. (laughs) See? That's what I said. And telling Alice to eat some magic mushrooms in order to solve her problems wonder where the crazy notion came from. <laughs> All right. So most notably the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Go
0: ask Alice. Okay. And she's 10 feet tall. Nailed it. Um, in
1: 1967. Mm-hmm. Right? Or Joe
0: Jet if you ask me.
1: Yeah, yeah, if Jake is
0: trying to uh, decipher. Yeah, speaking of that game that we were talking about earlier, Jake kept confusing Jefferson Airplane with Joan Jet, and it was really funny. <laughs> anywho, <laughs> anywho, in
1: 1967, the song White Rabbit came out, and no one embodied the free-thinking spirit of that time more than Grace Slick, mm-hmm. right? And if one song came to define the Hate ashbury counterculture, it was White Rabbit. Rabbit. It was like the song. It was the song. Right. Right. Uh, It focused on the heavy illusions in Lewis Carroll's Alice, and it invited a whole new generation to trip out on the pleasures of psychedelics. Okay. Um, Slick maintains it was aimed at the hypercritical parents and their habit of reading drug-laced stories to kids. At their most impressionable age. Impresh, impressionable. You can do it, honey. I know. I can get it out. I can, <laughs> you, can, you can get it. You can do it, and <laughs> Huffy. <laughs> At their most impressionable ages while telling them actually not to do those things. Let me read you a story about <laughs> tripping balls. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> but, but don't, don't do, do drugs. drugs. <laughs> but don't do drugs. Um. Oh, no. Alice's eat me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you said that
0: so matter of
1: fact. Eat me. Literally uh, gets her so high that she's too big for the room. Drink me. I mean, you know, let's, <laughs> let's drink it down. And a psychedelic disappearing cat and a caterpillar smoking, a ma- smoking on a magic mushroom. I loved all of it. Right? I did. It's also about the importance of education is okay. what really the song is about. And it says, feed your head.
0: Feed your head. Yeah.
1: Go down the rabbit hole of knowledge.
0: Oh, I love and that. Learn, right? Oh, okay, Grace Slick. I oh, see Grace Slick. You're on? All
1: right, so there is no evidence that Carroll ever did drugs beyond homeopathic remedies, mm-hmm. which included dosing himself with aconite and arsenic to cure the common cold. What? What the hell? The common cold, right?
0: With arsenic.
1: Yeah, exactly. So aconite, of course, is monkshood and arsenic is, you know, lethal. And actually (laughs) arsenic, I mean, aconite can cause heart attack and arsenic would cause hallucinations, (laughs) hallucinations, hallucinations. But uh, both of them. So when we do homeopathic remedies, we know like cures like and it's in very minuscule yeah, yeah. doses. I don't know if it was that way back in those okay. days. But uh, one would hope, obviously, since he's still, you know, he was still kicking around. Right? Yeah, okay. right? Okay. So the LSD myth was debunked as it was not introduced into uh, culture into, until the 1930s. Okay. Right. So it, he wasn't on LSD. Uh, <laughs> shush. But the, but the mushrooms, hello. Uh, <laughs> he might have been. He might have been doing some magic mushrooms. One of his favorite authors was Thomas De Quincey, who wrote Confessions of an English Opium, Opium Eater. So maybe <laughs> that's why the caterpillar was smoking some hookah of okay. opium, right? All
0: right. Mm-hmm. All right. I so see so the,
1: I see the Cheshire cat was said to represent Alice's spirit guide. I love the Cheshire cat. Yeah. So in the beginning, she has a cat named Dinah. But Dinah does not fall down the hole with her. And what? in some adaptations, Dinah is supposed to mutate into the Cheshire cat.
0: Mm. So...
1: Um, He leads her with honesty and a dose of reality in the weird world of Wonderland. And he tells her, you know, because she keeps saying, like, you know, where am I going or tell me how to get there? And he's like, well, you know, where do you want to go? And she's like, but I don't rightly know. And (laughs) he's like, (laughs) and he says, well, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you there. Um, And he ensures her that everybody's just a little mad around there. Right, right. So rather, uh, so his message is kind of like rather than looking at the meaning of everything, maybe we should just enjoy the ride a little bit.
0: I am Mm -hmm. right there with you, Cheshire Cat. There you go. (laughs) So
1: Lewis Carroll has said that his whole meaning. So these are just scholars, you know, like taking a pulling apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but he said that his entire meaning was to write. What a dream would feel like. I think he nailed that. I think he did. I think he absolutely did. Or a as a trip. <laughs> a deep as a trip. Yeah. So I did want to mention that within my reading and my research was quite extensive and I'm not going to go into it. But if you want to research it on your own, there were many metaphors of eating disorders and that Lewis Carroll himself suffered from an eating disorder. Okay. Um, a lot of mental health issues and the sexualization of children. Oh boy. Um and also I read a few articles where he was actually a suspect in the Jack the Ripper case. As Jack the like that he was considered <laughs> Jack the Ripper. As Jack the Ripper. Yes he played <laughs> Jack the Ripper.
0: Just Jack. Just Jack. Just Jack.
1: Just Jack. Woo. What? Yeah. Is that weird? That's so Uh, weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. What do you mean? That he lived in the area of the, you know, of where Jack the Ripper's murders occurred Whitechapel. Whitechapel. That he was um, a consummate bachelor his entire life. uh, That he may, you know, uh, there have may have been some incidents of him in school that uh, would have caused him to be Deviant a behavior. Deviant behavior, um, that he had over 120 um, articles of anatomy and physiology in his library. Um, yeah, there were several things that brought him up as a suspect in the Jack the Ripper case.
0: I am speechless. I am speechless. Because <laughs> and- I know... <laughs> creepy i know but i know a lot about like murders and serial Mm. killers and stuff and i have never read that before Mm. i am shocked i never have
1: either and again like i said like in the research and the things that we haven't talked about because it's just too freaking deep um too heavy it's way too heavy yeah but uh definitely was he maybe not a nice guy I'm thinking maybe not. Oh, yeah. no. I'm thinking maybe he was not. Uh, okay. Very well, much of a nice guy. Can, yeah. nothing,
0: can nothing be left alone? <laughs> I know. Why do people have to ruin everything?
1: Well, you know, I have to say that, you know, this has never been a topic that has. Um, I've never been on board with.
0: Right, which is weird because I have. Mm-hmm. I've always loved. Mm-hmm. Well... I like the imagery of Alice in Wonderland. I think the story like, does yeah. a really good job of using metaphors or mm-hmm. like uh, like it's surrealist. Mm-hmm. It's very dreamlike. That's why I think mm-hmm. that he, if that mm-hmm. was his intention of showing what a dream would feel like, I think yeah. that it's very accurate. Yeah. Um, I like the Victorian illustrations.
1: I yeah. think they're cool. You know, the 1800 um, illustrations, yeah. I think they're very cool. But I like the different old-timey.
0: characters and kind yeah. of like in The Wizard of Oz, how each character kind of represents something you're yeah. dealing with. And right. I, I like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so I have always liked Alice in Wonderland. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but yeah. I have liked it. Um, yeah. But now I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little yeah. weak. <laughs> Weary, hello, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: So that's what I got on Alice in Wonderland. So if you want to dive deeper down that rabbit hole, oh, yeah, then uh, feel free to do so. I can tell you, it's uh, you're gonna need a drink, yeah. No, yeah, Yeah, I know you
0: were a little upset, yeah, absolutely. After your research, (laughs) you're like, absolutely, I'm like, I need a drink. Yeah. Okay, well, like, I liked that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was
1: informative. It was informative. A lot of people asked us to do it. And, again, I thought I was going into a children's bedtime story and hello, debunked,
0: mm, again, portrayed
1: as very Dark. magical, not very magical. Like, the reality of it is is not magical.
0: Yeah, I mean, guys, that's the <clears throat> thing is sometimes, like, there that is the lesson is mm-hmm. that it's... Not as magical as it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's interesting because that is known as like one of the most,
1: yeah, magical absolutely. you
0: know Disney films or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So there you go. There's Alice in Wonderland. Well, kids.
0: thank you for diving into that. I know you hate Disney, and I know that was really hard for you. So it was. thank you,
1: thank you. <laughs> You're like thank you, thank you, thank you,
0: thank you for that. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh my gosh! All right, and with that, it's time for killer quotes of the week. Da-na-na, da-na-na, da-na-na. Da-na-na, da-na-na. All right, mine is "You have the power to make anything you want happen," and that is from Madam Serena from Teen Witch, and that was sent in by at the Keto Butterfly. Thanks. Oh, nice. I actually picked my own quote this week. I know. I did.
1: Okay, so it's. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And that's from The Matrix, which from you have never seen, never seen. The Matrix. From someone who has never seen The Matrix. But I find it very interesting because as I dive down this rabbit hole, Nothing was as I thought it was going to be, and right. it was actually very disturbing, yeah, very disturbing, so if you are into this, I would take the red pill I would say, take the red pill and dive down that rabbit hole and have a drink in tow. Laura's taking the blue pill. no, I took the red pill and but
0: I'm not happy about it. she wishes she <laughs> I took wishes the blue I pill. took the damn blue pill, but yeah, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. All right, guys, so if you want to be next week's killer quote of the week, uh, follow us on Instagram at Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, and we will tell you what to do, and we have an exciting announcement. We do? Yes, so if you are listening to us on a platform that allows you to give us a rating, uh, we will be gathering the written ratings once a month and drawing a name out of a hat. And the winner will get a 10 minute, 10 minute menu. <laughs> <laughs> <A> 10 minute <laughs> it's French. <laughs> uh, fuck <laughs> a 10 minute tarot reading with lore over Ooh, here fun. so you uh if you're listening on apple podcasts i know that you can you know click the little stars and write a little you know rating about why you like to listen to us and mm-hmm. what's so you know good and great about us so sciencey about us yeah uh, and we'll gather those once a month and someone's gonna get a fun little prize yay so make sure you go and give us a rating Yes. Um, other than that, you can join our Patreon, which is basically like our fan club at mm-hmm. com slash Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet. And you'll get bloopers and, you know, exclusive episodes and all kinds of fun shit. And apparently I'm doing a hot wings challenge this week. Yeah, coming up this week, we are going to film it in a few days for Patreon. We are doing the hot ones challenge where we eat progressively spicy vegan uh, chicken nuggets and answer some questions <laughs> i'm
1: terrified
0: yeah she's like literally losing I'm sleep over it literally
1: so. losing sleep of this mm-hmm. i do not
0: like hot things people it's gonna be okay make sure you go join our patreon you can join it for as little as five dollars a month so uh you can find that link in our show notes if you want to you know hang out and join the fun yay so that is all we have for you this week uh thanks for hanging out we'll see you next week guys we'll see you next week ttfn all right cut print check the gate moving on